Do you want victory? You can have it in Christ Jesus. Time once again for Abiding in Christ with Jim Wood. You have to step back, evaluate the various positions in light of Scripture, and then re-engage with a godly perspective. Pastor Wood is the founder and executive director of Weirs Valley Ranch, a Christian home and school for kids from crisis family situations. Jesus said, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. You can contact the program by calling 866-41-ABIDE or by visiting us on the web at wvr.org. And now, without further delay, here's your host, Jim Wood. Folks, my guest today is Dr. Haywood Robinson. He is a medical doctor at Brazos Medical Family Medicine in uh, College Station, Texas. He's associated with St. Joseph Medical Center there. Got his bachelor's degree from Caltech. Got his medical degree, his doctor of medicine, from University of California at Irvine. And then completed his family practice residency at uh, the Martin Luther King Charles Drew Medical Center in Los Angeles. And the reason that I asked him to be on our broadcast is because this brother has been on both sides of the fence. He was an abortionist. He's not an abortionist. And he had met a beautiful lady whom he married, and both of them were involved in providing abortions. And then he met somebody else, and she did too. And that changed everything. The one he met is named Jesus. And <laughs> Jesus changes everything, doesn't he, brother? Amen. He's transforming. Praise God. Now, if you would share a bit of your own story and, and kind of your perspective, having worked as an abortionist, having been involved in killing babies, and now recognizing that's not okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can do that. And just to give a little background. I was born and raised uh, mm-hmm. not more than about five to 10 miles from where I, you know, uh, had my residency, where I met my wife, uh, born and raised in South Central LA. Mm-hmm. Uh, four or five years old, uh, I just knew I wanted to be a doctor. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Uh, I have no one in the family that had it actually gone through higher education. My mother went finished high school father finished about the eighth grade, I be, you know, I figure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I uh, grew up in high school, went off to university, n- never wavering what I wanted uh, to do and when I had a desire to be a physician. I love science. Yes. Went off to medical school, then on to uh, residency. Now, residency, where we mentioned, uh, you know, Martin Luther King, Charles R. Drew Medical Center in South Central, mm-hmm. while being on the obstetrics and gynecology service, I learned to do the DNC procedure. Now, just for the audience, do a quick review that procedure many women have had who have not had an abortion. Yes. Form where a woman has a spontaneous abortion or miscarriage to help clean out the tissue so you don't have bleeding and um, infection and that type of thing. But the same procedure can be used to destroy a normal pregnancy. Now, at the time, I was not a a believer, just not yet. Now, Mm -hmm. I think anyone, even though they don't know the Lord, you know, at least inside somewhere in your body, in your heart, that, you know, 
doing abortions just isn't quite right. Even the other side says, well, it's a very difficult uh, decision that one has to make with their doctor and possibly the clergy. Okay. If it's that type of decision and it takes that much uh, rigmarole, it, 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 it's wrong. And, mm-hmm. you know, as you hear a lot of people in politics, I'm talking about follow the science, follow the science. Well, the science is real simple, isn't it? Sperm yes. means egg. Egg is one cell as a human being. You, and you, we grow into trillions of cells. We're, it's a human being. When you do an abortion, you destroy a human being early in its, uh, early in its age. It's as simple as mm-hmm. that. Our framers' documents clearly show when you look at the Constitution, when you look at Declaration of Independence, and again, this is not science, but this is our our nation's foundation clearly mm-hmm. talks about the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Yes. Well, anyway, I got into doing uh, uh, the abortions. Uh, my wife and I, as a matter of fact, my wife was one of the physicians that, that helped train me uh, to mm-hmm. do the DNC procedure, and we worked together doing abortions. I guess I could say the same thing that Adam said. It's the woman that you gave me that got me <laughs> into it. <laughs> Well, I will tell you right off, as whenever I did an abortion, now the first time kind of had a little uneasy feeling. Oh, yeah, but you know, uh, mob rule, uh, joint think is an interesting phenomenon. You know, you've got your attending physician who's your, you know, not, not necessarily idol, but this is a, you know, well-seasoned physician. You got senior resident, and here you are, low man on the totem pole. You don't mm-hmm. really rock the boat and you figure, well, you know, this is just part of part of what's what I'm supposed to do. But deep down inside, uh, there was an eerie feeling the first time I saw an abortion. And mm-hmm. then after I did, uh, they have a saying, they have a saying in medicine, see one, do one, teach one. Mm-hmm. So I saw one, uh, did one. And again, the abortion procedure is not a highly technical procedure. It can be learned fairly easily. Mm-hmm. And I got into doing that. Now, at first, you're a little bit uneasy, but you know, sin has a way of incrementally taking you over, taking your spirit. Amen. Amen. It it just, you know, the next thing you know, you don't have any remorse. You're desensitized to this now dehumanized preborn child, and you also dehumanize the mother. Yes. The other thing is you're dehumanizing yourself. So I became dehumanized. So you've got this kind of trifecta of dehumanization. Mm -hmm. So we did abortions, uh, what we call moonlighting. We would go out and to find facilities and basically you're splitting the killing fee. And that's Mm -hmm. just, I can't put it any simpler than that. You know, when it really boils down to it, Jim, I didn't enjoy doing abortions. You're never going to find a free abortion clinic or a cherry abortion center. Abortions are about the money. That's yes. the only reason I was doing it. Not for charity, not because I believed in a woman's right to choose and all that other, you mm-hmm. know, minutia that they put out mm-hmm. there. But money, the love of money is what? And <laughs> the root of all evil. And money is a nice thing to have. You're a young party guy. You, mm-hmm. It's just nice to have that. Well, uh, here we go. This would so finish residency in 1978. Excuse me, in 1981, got mm-hmm. married to Noreen uh, the month after the residency, mm-hmm. and we moved to Texas. That would be 81. However, five years later, uh, I went to this uh, Christian music concert by uh, 
uh, Leon Patillo. And about halfway through, Leon said, you know, I'm going to have a little intermission here and I'm not going to have an altar call. I just want people who want things to be 100% right with God to stand up. Hmm. And before I could even think, I know now retrospectively, the Holy Spirit yanked me up out of my seat. <laughs> and there I was standing uh, and not really wanting to sin, but now it's too, it's too embarrassing now to sit down. So he just basically played a very simple prayer. I guess I would say somewhat like a, 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 a sinner's prayer. Yes. And, but because I was raised in a church that didn't preach the gospel, I had no idea what happened, but mm. I knew in my spirit, I knew somewhere in here that something dramatic had happened. I came yeah. home, my, my wife was uh, about three weeks from delivering our youngest child. I didn't know, I didn't have anything to tell her, but I just knew something was different. Now, being three weeks from the delivery of our youngest child, the godfather who was my roommate from medical school, was mm -hmm. the son of a Pentecostal preacher. When I started sharing my story about how, you know, I was yanked up out of my seat, I didn't even have any control over it, and he prayed this, and I feel this way, what's going on with me? He started to cry. Mm. Uh, he and his wife had been praying for us to come to the Lord, and he explained to me the basics of salvation, and that was Praise the beginning God. of my walk, March 2nd, 1986. So it's been, you know, what, a good 30 34 years or praise God so, and it's what a blessing my rebirth day is less than two months uh two months away quickly yeah. the Lord uh put us in the pro-life ministry after exposing in our hearts the 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 horrid holocaust that we were involved in which mm -hmm. Lord would not do while we were still doing it it was only after he saved us by the blood of Jesus Christ he let us know you know, how he felt about this, but then immediately he says, okay, now you're on the other side, and through God's transforming power, he just put us in the movement, put us in the church, Bible-believing church, learned the word, became well-discipled, and now I've been in the pro-life ministry for 30-something years, and uh, we're seeing what may be next, next year, I believe, the possible overturning of Roe v. Wade. Hallelujah. Please, Lord. Kind of in a, that's kind of it in a nutshell, Jim. Well, you know, a lot of people think it's impossible to overturn Roe versus Wade because that's a Supreme Court decision. But there was another Supreme Court decision. Uh, there's been more than one that got overturned, but there was another one that I think has important parallels to this. Yeah, and that was for me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. A black man is not fully human, according to the Dred Scott decision. Now, that decision was so that. Um, Black Americans could be denied their basic civil rights as human beings. Because as you mentioned, Dr. Robinson, the founding documents are very, very clear. Declaration of Independence talks about these rights coming from God. And we have a right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Well, obviously, if you were a slave, uh, those rights were being denied. And uh, I mean, you didn't you didn't have liberty and you didn't really have the pursuit of happiness allowed to you. And in some cases, your life was forfeit. So uh, the Supreme Court, in order to protect the institution of slavery, said, well, 
Yeah, but it's okay to do that to them because they're not fully human. That was the Dred Scott case. That was overturned. And I don't think that most of the people who today want to uphold the Roe v. Wade decision would want to publicly say that they don't think the Dred Scott decision should have been overturned. I I don't think that Reverend Warnock, the new senator from Georgia, would would be in favor of his being dehumanized and available uh, for chattel slavery. That that just wouldn't work. And I I thank you, brother, for being just so wonderfully transparent and forthright about the fact that this is an injustice that needs to be righted. And in order for it to be righted, there's going to have to be a change at the Supreme Court level. Uh, one of the only justices who has been outspoken about this in recent times is Clarence Thomas. Yeah. And uh, again, here's a guy who has come to know the Lord uh, some years back and who knows what it is to be subject to what he called a high-tech lynching. Yeah. And, uh, and he knows that a lot of people who say they want to help others, it's not about helping others at all. And I, I don't know if it'll be overturned at the Supreme Court. I sure would like to see that. I know that the president who was sworn in recently um, is, is not in favor of it being overturned. He wants to be sure and codify it as federal law so mm-hmm. that what the Supreme Court says, in his view, wouldn't have as much power. Of course, the Supreme Court will review any attempts to codify that but I guess he's a good Catholic, right? So that, uh, oh yeah, right on abortion. But you know, the Dred Scott Act. Our general counsel, uh, Matt Britton, puts it, I guess, very succinctly. Nine men put on black robes and decided they were going to be supreme. They did it with Dred Scott. They did it with Roe v. Wade. But we also have to remember another hallmark case was Plessy versus Ferguson. Yes. That was overturned. So, you know, these nine men, and now it's no longer just nine men, it's men and women, Mm -hmm. uh, but they are not perfect. They err. They are influenced by politics and their own personal uh, standards or Mm -hmm. or view. Uh, And I'm just blessed that we have a guy like Clarence Thomas, who I believe will write that majority opinion. Please, God. Abortion is going to stop one way or the other, Jim. I'd well, like it to be. I'd like it to be because uh, the church and medicine and the pro-life movement influenced it to happen. But the boot from heaven can drop on this country at any time. The loss of life has been enormous due to abortionists, and it's not just the United States, Jim. We got this is the, an unprecedented global holocaust of killing. Yes. Where, losing about 60 million innocent pre-born babies every year on planet earth and about a million and a half in this country. So when the boot drops, it's not just going to be on the United States. Yes. It's not just going to be on the unjust, you know, mm-hmm. we'll come, uh, with the just and the unjust and judgment begins with the house of God. Amen. And that is another, I mean, I'm so glad you said that because that is another scripture that is not very popular, No, we but, don't it like is, but it is, but it is, Absolutely true. Judgment begins with the household of God. 
And we need to recognize that God has been amazingly patient. Merciful. But, but people have been storing up wrath. And so, you know, may God continue to have mercy. I want to see a whole bunch more people get saved. But, um, you know, I would not have years ago guessed that you would be involved in the pro-life movement. I'd say that's a guy who kills babies. You know, he's a bad guy. But you were someone that God had chosen to save, and God mm -hmm. rescued you, Amen. and God is now using you to save lives. Amen. And I am so thankful for that. Now, you mentioned the profit motive. There's a lot of money involved in this, a lot of money involved in this. And as you said also, and I think this is a vital thing for people who say, no, we're, we're concerned about women. Well, then why, why doesn't Planned Parenthood offer abortions for free? Exactly. Why are, are there not abortionists who are saying what the crisis pregnancy centers say, and that is come in, we'll help you, and you don't have to pay? This yeah. is killing for profit. Exactly. And, you know, we've got to remember now, and all of us forget, that these uh, aborted baby parts uh, that are picked up by these companies, they uh, use those products of conception, the aborted baby, for <laughs> medical purposes. So it's not yes. just money from the abortion services. It's the actual money that's also made from selling these uh, babies' bodies. Yes, and if you try and expose that, as one man discovered, yep. if you try and expose that, uh, people like then um, Attorney General Kamala Harris uh, w will come after you. Well, yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and when she becomes a U.S. Senator, now Vice President, when she becomes a U.S. Senator, um, that'll be taken over by the guy who President Biden wants as Health and Human Services Director. These, these are the people that the abortion clinics love. Mm -hmm. And they don't just want them protecting the practice of abortion. They want them punishing anybody who dares to speak against it and expose what's going on. If you pull back that curtain and show what's happening, they're going to treat you as a criminal. They're, they're coming after free speech. Um, yep. You know, one other thing I want to mention, Jim, and you because kind of lost over it there. You were talking about the senator from Georgia. The, yes. Pastor, I'll call him pastor with a small p, uh, basically a successor within the church of the third generation pastor, Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King. Can you yes. imagine what Reverend King would say, knowing that the pastor of the church where his father worked and his grandfather now believes in killing preborn children? Can you can you imagine that? It's well, know, knowing the courage with which he spoke out against injustice and against evil and against lies, mm -hmm. I can imagine what he would say, and it would not be pretty, and it would not be popular with mm -hmm. that pastor. That's right. That's right. But You're, I think it, it goes to show what has happened to the body of Christ. Who would have thought that just a, a few decades you know, after Martin Luther King's assassination, that the pastor of his church mm -hmm. would be an open advocate for killing babies. That's, yes. It's kind of hard for me to wrap my, my mind around. And I happen to be been blessed to do, you know, pro-life work with uh, 
Reverend King's uh, niece, Alvita, yes. who clearly talks about how much you know he loved life and how much he believed in things from God's point of view. These pastors yes. not representing God's word or the Holy Spirit or nothing. The, right. These, these are, I guess, charlatans that use a church as a front. Yes, and it's tragic. As you said, one way or another, sooner or later, everybody's going to have to answer to God. Amen. All of us. All of us. And so, I mean, you may be listening to this today or watching this today, and you say, well, you know, abortion's really not my thing. I'm not involved. I, I've got nothing to do with it. If you're a voter, you have something to do with it. Uh, right. If you're a taxpayer, you ought to care about what's happening to your dollars. And there are a lot of places where the dollars are still going to Planned Parenthood. And Planned Parenthood is the largest provider of abortion in America. And if you want to know about how much of what they do is abortion, you need to realize that their stats are very dishonest. You can dig in to their own records and realize that, okay, they are misrepresenting what they're doing uh, and, and their stats are off. I don't think we should ever be surprised that someone who kills babies might also be dishonest. <laughs> I, I just, I, I think those two might go together fairly comfortably. Brother, you said it's been over 30 years since you were born again. Yeah. Best years of your life? Well, of course, the best years. Uh, the latter days are <laughs> better than those that uh, the BC days, so to speak. And yeah. um, the Lord, once you're with the Lord, you, um, you recognize it's first off that it's he that saved you. And then you hear some people say, well, when I found Jesus, well, I know <laughs> it is. when you're lost. Okay. You're lost. Somebody yeah. needs to find you. The rescuer finds yes. you. Okay. He found me. I would have, you know, when I think about it and I think about all those babies I killed, I would have liked it to be. Uh, before I even did one abortion, but yes, we understand. Um, I wasn't going to hell because I had done abortion. I'm going to hell because I didn't, I wasn't saved by the Lord Jesus Christ. And now, blessed opportunity to be involved with quite a number of different type of ministries from the first time uh, being pregnancy resource centers to yes, learn life education resource network or predominantly uh, black pro life movement. And now, today, I my basically my full-time work or most of my work is with 40 days for life we yes campaigns a year 40 days where we pray and fast in front of abortion facilities and we have been tremendously successful approximately 18,000 babies that we know of have been saved praise uh, god more than 100 or so facilities uh, uh have been closed and uh over several hundred uh, facility workers have left so praise we god feel that uh, yeah, we are making an impact in the pro-life movement on the simple model of prayer. But I mean, Jesus told us that that's, I mean, that's where the power is. And I tell Amen. you, the way I look at prayer is that it's kind of, you know, the Bible, and I think it's John chapter three talks about how the, how the Holy Spirit is like the wind, whether it's, you know, where it's going, where it's coming, really can't tell. But what we do, I think, when we pray, is kind of like putting up a sail, a spinnaker, so to speak. And yes. what in that allows us to do as we flowing in the spirit, the wind of the spirit, in the yes. direction 
that the wind is going and that he wants to take us and that's the pressure off of us. Praise God. Great word, brother. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for being with us on the broadcast and know that I'm very grateful to meet you as my brother in Christ. Look forward to spending forever at our Father's house together. Amen. Looking forward to seeing you at our Father's house too. And thank you for having me, Jim Wood. Thank you, sir. Abiding in Christ is paid for by the generous donations of listeners like you. We are grateful for gifts of any amount. You can make a donation online at wvr.org. That's wvr.org. You've been listening to Abiding in Christ. If you have questions that you'd like for us to tackle on the program or comments that you want to make, I want to invite our listeners to call 866-41-ABIDE. That's our toll-free number, 866-41-ABIDE. Or contact us on the web at wvr.org.